And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, and let yourself be great. Coming up on the show, back in 1965, Paul Harvey released a broadcast that basically talks about what he thought the downfall of America would be caused by. And he did it in such a fashion that it had a little bit of a twist to it. I want to play the whole thing. It's about three minutes long. And then what we will do is we will kind of dissect it and take a look at it and see how it affects us here today. And keep in mind when you listen to it and you listen to the clips, this was recorded back in 1965. Now, Paul Harvey was a broadcaster, radio broadcaster, known for his Paul Harvey News and his Paul Harvey Rest of the Story. And so if you want to find out more information about who Paul Harvey is, you can just do an internet search of him and all kinds of information will pop up. So let's get the show started with Paul Harvey and his broadcast from 1965. If I were the devil, if I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness. And I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree. The. So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies, and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious and what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. 
and thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. So again, Paul Harvey in 1965, a broadcast talking about basically the downfall. If he were the prince of darkness, the devil, how he would take down America. And basically, as you listen to it, it's, is it shocking? I mean, it kind of is shocking that someone in 1965 could talk about how we are today. Fortunately, I'm not old enough to know what it was like to be in 1965, but maybe listeners out there that maybe you were around in 1965 and know what it was about. Obviously, there might have been other issues going on in 1965 that are similar, but yet different. You think about, you know, the social causes, you know, civil rights, for example. I think we were just starting to get into, you know, free love. You think about 1967, 68, 69, the summer of love was 69. You start to have, you know, the counterculture movement, the hippie movement. And so there's probably some things going on in 1965 that are somewhat similar today, but I don't think they were as bad as today in a lot of the things that he's talking about. And so as we break this down, that's one of the things that I want to talk about here is kind of go through this piece by piece and and reflect on how it is today and how it's affecting us today. And are there steps or things that we can do to make it so that this doesn't come fully true? Or have we gone past that? Are we beyond repair, as they say? So the first thing he talks about is do as you please. So again, here's the first cut, the first portion of it, as he started out his broadcast in 1965. So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. Are we not in a society today where everybody does as they please? We're narcissistic. Me first. How can this benefit me? What can I get out of this? That's the society that we live in. If we're honest with ourselves, we will realize that. We'll know that. But how did we get there? The whispers. You deserve something. You deserve something that maybe you didn't earn. You deserve something because they got it. Do as you please. So today we live in a society that lacks responsibility is basically what it comes down to. If you're responsible for your actions for your words, for things you do, then we're not doing as we please. We might do as we please, but we take responsibility. Now we take a look at the criminal court system, and the criminal is the victim, and the victim is the offender. I mean, we have a new district attorney here in Los Angeles. I think there might even be a recall going on, or at least attempts to, who is trying to, and again, if you're the district attorney, you're the top cop, right? You're supposed to be prosecuting the crimes. Well, he's a George Soros-backed, district attorney, and he's doing the opposite. He wants to make offenses for criminal activity less, take away enhancements that would call for things like the death penalty or life in prison without parole. He wants to let criminals out, maybe send some of them to a divergent program. Now, that might be a good idea, but 
the purpose, the intent behind it is to let criminals out because he's against the penal system. We have defund police. We have criminals out there screaming defund police as they commit crime. Well, of course they want to defund police. We have a lot of people calling for the end of the justice system. No jails, no police. Well, that would lead to anarchy. Do as you please. And when you take a look at, for example, our district attorney, or here for Los Angeles, George Gascon, he has uh, a lot of liberal people supporting him. Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, California's governor, Gavin Newsom, L.A. Mayor, Eric Garcetti, Black Lives Matter co-founder, Patrice Cullors, a labor leader and civil rights icon, Dolores Huerta, and of course, the former chief of LAPD, Charlie Beck. You take a look and you do a deep dive into what these people believe in and what they're about, and you'll see it's liberal. I mean, we see what Eric Garcetti, you know, we live in a city where Eric Garcetti, before he was a mayor for eight years now in Los Angeles, he was the president of the city council. 19 years, I believe it is. So he's been in charge of the city of Los Angeles in one way or another for nearly 30 years, and things have gotten worse because he does as he please. He doesn't care about the constituents because if he did, he would solve some of the problems that continue to snowball and get bigger and bigger. Homelessness is out of control. Taxes are higher. We're supposed to stay home during the the summer of COVID, but yet he's out there protesting, no mask, on his knees, trying to appease the Black Lives Matters because the co-founder, all of them in cahoots. Now, you can believe your political ideology, but think about 1965 when Paul Harvey's talking about this. This is where we've come today. Now, society has always been about do as you please. Like he said, whispers to Eve. Ever since you go back to the Garden of Eden, society, people have been doing as they please. So, self. The worship of self. Me first. That's always been a part of society. But when you take a look at protesters in the streets burning down businesses, buildings, with no regard to the people whose businesses and buildings they're burning, they're burning them down in the name of justice, yet they're committing crimes. You see pictures of white people screaming at black, cl- uh, black cops, screaming Black Lives Matter. Really? You have people accusing Brett Kavanaugh, sexual offender, sexual predator, Kamala Harris, disrupting the, the, uh, the congressional hearings for the Supreme Court. But yet when Tara Reid accuses Biden, we don't believe women anymore. We want to defund police, but yet when an alleged squirrel becomes a newsome or a nuisance, becomes a newsome, then what do you do? You call the police. And so when you don't have a conviction of some sort of morality, and I think that's what it comes down to, you have to have a sense of morality. You have to have a sense that if you're going to believe all women and at least give women the opportunity to present their case, you've got to do that. Governor Cuomo in New York, how many women have come out against him? Governor Cuomo in New York putting COVID patients in the nursing homes. There's been a cover-up as to how many deaths actually occurred from that. 
He's gotten $5 million writing a book on how he handled the COVID crisis. And you start looking at all these people, and it's the whispers. It's the little deceits. It's, it's their own self that's whispering. Do this, because this is better for you. Do that, because you're entitled to that. Do this, because you're above the law. Do this, because it can make you money. You know, a lot of people say that the... Um, that money is the root of all evil, but when it comes down to it, it's the love of money that is really the root of all evil. You know, we want to uh, defund police and tear down the border wall that was being built on the southern border. But those same congressional leaders that are calling for defunding the police and tearing down the wall, the other wall, they're in D.C. hiding behind the National Guard and security fences and keeping the congressional building under lock and key when it's the people's building. No, it's theirs. They do as they please. Take a look at the mass mandates. Take a look at the lockdowns. Gavin Newsom, stay home. Business is closed, except I'm going to go to the uh, French Laundry and have dinner with a bunch of medical people. I'm going to keep my vineyards open, but you can't do that. Governor of Michigan, stay home. Don't travel. She heads off to Florida. And a countless number of other politicians that tell you one thing and do another. Do as you please. And that's how it begins. And Paul Harvey there talks about the ripest apple on the tree. At one time, the United States was the ripest apple on the tree. I don't think we're all that uh, that way anymore. I think we are a, a spoiled, a spoiled bushel of apples, you know? The other thing, too, that kind of starts this off is Paul Harvey gets into his broadcast from 1965 is he talks about faith. Whether you believe it or not, the country was founded on religious freedom. The reason why people fled the England was the church of England. They wanted to have their religious independence, worship how they wanted to. And a lot of people put out there and say, Oh, it's the separation of church and state. That means you can't have religion in government. And government can't be in religion. Well, that's not what it was. It was a state-run government that was being forced upon people in England, the Church of England. And they wanted to worship separately from that. And so they'd get persecuted for that, and that's why they left. Now, the 1619 people will tell you it's all about slavery. And sure, slavery is a part of the American history. But what about Leif Erikson, the Viking? He came to America, Greenland, supposedly. 500 years before Christopher Columbus was even born. We blame Christopher Columbus for taking away the indigenous people's land. But he had never made it to the shores of America. He ended up in the Caribbean somewhere. Now, John Smith came over, started the uh, colony there in Virginia, I believe it was. And then you had what deemed to be the... um, the Mayflower, go to Plymouth Rock. And so as you start to think about history, there's a revisionist history going on. But the country was founded on religious freedoms, people leaving England and the Church of England to be able to come to a new world and have religious freedom. And so the assault, as Paul Harvey says, on America and the downfall would be to attack the church. 
To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. Our Father, which art in Washington. Pope Pelosi. Archbishop Schumer. They're the ones that want to be worshipped. They're the ones that are the saviors. They're the ones that are going to tell us what we can do and can't do. Because they're deity. They think of themselves as deity. And if you disagree with me on that, then you are obviously not seeing what it is that's actually going on. You're blinded by your ideology. Because anybody can see that Nancy Pelosi is all about Nancy Pelosi. She went and got her hair done. And then she blamed that she was fooled or a gotcha moment or the salon was out to get her hmm so the speaker of the house the third most powerful person in america wow she got conned by a hair salon hmm i wonder what uh russia china they could do to her makes you think do as you please but that's what we got going on. So church membership as of 2020 or prior to 2020, because uh, obviously during the pandemic year of 2020, things changed. Religious liberties taken away. Churches, you can't meet. There was a church out here, John MacArthur's church. Maybe you heard of him. Was being persecuted by the government for being open. You can't meet in a house of worship. How many religious people, different beliefs, Jewish people, were attacked by the government for being at the synagogue or being at a funeral. Religious liberties taken away overnight by the government. Religious liberties don't matter anymore. Civil liberties are slowly following. So prior to 2020, a Gallup poll said that 47% of people belong to a church. Now, I'm not advocating that belonging to a church represents religious people there's a lot of people that probably belong to churches that don't even go or don't care don't practice the faith but maybe they're just a part of it so out of 6100 responses to a gallup poll less than half say they belong to a church and it's the first time since 1937 that that number has dropped below 50 percent during the great depression 73 percent said they belong to a church over the next six decades, membership levels remain steady at about 70% before a, dra- a dramatic decline. The number of non-church members continues to increase. And the poll did not even suggest, according to this Gallup poll, it didn't even suggest that fewer than 50% of Americans don't believe in God. Ask somebody, ask people, do you believe in God? See what they say. And then you have to ask them, well, what is your definition of God? Because people have various definitions of God. Is it a Bible-believing God or is it another type of God? But instead of the religious liberties and the religious freedoms that were founded in this country, instead of turning to those, the government has us looking to D.C. to solve our problems. They've got their God complex. They think they're above it. Like I mentioned earlier, governors and other politicians violating their own orders during COVID 
What about all the lawlessness that's going on in the country? The approved lawlessness, the autonomous zones in Seattle. Portland is still a train wreck. Downtown Portland, unrecognizable, so I'm told. I've been to Portland a few times. It was a beautiful city. I don't think I'll ever go back. People are so into the love of money and power that they are willing to sell the American soul to stay in power. Illegal rights. I don't know of any other country that is more concerned with the rights and welfare of people, the citizens of another country. Try doing anything in another country that's happening here as far as immigration. It would never happen. Voting rights for non-citizens. That's the craziest thought ever, yet it's normal. It's been normalized. We need to give non-citizens voting rights. We need to give non-citizens health care. We need to give non-citizens taxpayer money. So you, working at your mom and pop shop before it got burned down, now you've lost it because it got burned down because of the riots and the protests. Hopefully you had insurance, and hopefully the insurance pays out that you have you know, rioters insurance. I'm sure that's the next thing that's coming. California have earthquake insurance. Next, I think you're going to have to have rioters and protesting insurance. Otherwise, a policy might not pay. But so you paid your taxes, your building got burned down, and now your taxpayer dollar is going to people that aren't even citizens of this country that just got here. Are they entitled to it? Well, liberals will think that, yeah, they are. But who did the work for that? Who put in the blood, sweat, and tears, the dreams? You did Is that fair? Don't think so. What about families? How's your family dynamic? How's your family situation? Pretty good? Ruffled? How about this past year? We just had a huge political divide that I don't know if we can overcome. I think it's going to be a long time before we have this reconciliation of what happened between the Trump supporters and the Biden supporters. Because I think the Trump supporters look at the Biden supporters and be like, you are absolutely nuts. And the Biden supporters look at the Trump supporters and says, you're absolutely nuts. Trump's a racist. Biden's not. Really? I thought Kamala Harris, who's now his vice president, called him out because of busing in the inner cities. In fact, I think Jill Biden, story just came out recently, and had a profanity-laced tirade over Kamala Harris calling Joe Biden out over his busing comments. Called him a racist. Well, now she's the vice president. I think he uh, was also called a rapist by now, his vice president. But do as you please, because, you know, I can be the vice president. I can overlook the accusations because I have no moral code. I can sit up there and say, I believe all women except Tara Reid, except the people that accused Bill Clinton. It took a stained dress of Monica Lewinsky before people actually started to believe that, yeah, there might have been something going on there. And even then, Monica Lewinsky, the intern in the White House, she's the one at fault, not the president. But yet then, when the cards are flipped, they might not even be true. That's the other thing. But take a look at uh, what Paul Harvey has to say here about families. Does it hit home? Is it relevant? If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn 
was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. I think the second most prevalent thing that's said in this piece is right there. Mesmerizing media fanning the flames. We saw that all last year, and we still continue to see it. Our Father, which art in Washington, and mesmerizing media fanning the flames. And the media back then, you got to remember, the media back then is not what it is today. There's no cable. There was no internet. You had your ABC, NBC, and CBS. And then maybe your PBS NewsHour. Obviously, you had your newspapers. Maybe magazines such as Time and the New York Post. But it's very limited compared to today. Plus, then you throw in social media on top of that. And so today we see the lies of news outlets and social media. If you watch the Social Dilemma on Netflix, if it's still around, lies spread six times faster on Twitter. How many of you follow Twitter? How many of you believe things that ended up not being true? The narrative is never what the truth is. They'll come out with a narrative. The narrative will be a lie. So recently, I read an article about The Atlantic because apparently Steve Jobs' ex-wife, or I guess widow, is going to be the new George Soros. And apparently a part of her empire is The Atlantic publication. And if we recall that story about President Trump besmirching the veterans when he was over at Normandy, story came out recently that it was completely false and completely made up. Now, back then, people realized and knew that it was, but other media was defending it. CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, they were defending the story, saying it was true, it was accurate, completely made up. Do the search yourself. Check it out. Go beyond the headlines. Go beyond what cable news tells you, what the news sites tell you. Do the research yourself. Find it out for yourself. But completely made up. The Steele dossier, completely made up. How many things have they made up against the former president? How many things have they made up about other people? Could never happen to you, right? Never. How about recently when Project Veritas came out with some video? Now, a lot of people are quick to dispel what Project Veritas does, but when you have the people, whether it be people from Planned Parenthood, whether it be people from CNN actually speaking, and you have it on tape, And the people from CNN admitting they fudged the COVID numbers because they want to get more emotions, get more ratings. There was one clip, look it up. There was one clip where the guy says that they would look at the screen and they'd call in and be like, hey, you got to get those numbers up because I'm not really feeling the pain. And so they'd fudge the numbers, admit it on tape. Lies that were called fake news, printed regularly. Fanning the flames. And you notice that wasn't even, Paul Harvey didn't even say it was factual stuff, credible stuff. He said mesmerizing media fanning the flames. That's what we have today. We have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. How about the family? Divorce rate, 45%. Marriage rates are low. People aren't even getting married. I think it's uh, below 50% too. People getting married these days. And that's fine. That's not family. Family isn't dictated by a piece of paper. Family isn't dictated by even blood for that matter. It could be your relationships that you build. But yet that dynamic. 
being blown up. Abortion rates are up. We have a pro-abortion administration. Civil wars in America. It's going on. We've got racial wars. Huge differences in political ideology and religion. The whispers, do as you please. What's bad is good. What's good is bad. The criminals are good. The victims, they're bad. If you do something right, you're square. If you do something wrong, you're the bad boy. You're the bad girl. That's a good thing. We let criminals get away with things. We let burning down buildings and protests. That's okay because they're expressing their amendments, their First Amendment rights, freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom to gather. But yet arson, we overlook that. How about the cops that were killed? How about other people that were injured? We overlook that too because there's a social cause. We're protesting somebody that was killed at the hands of the police and we're protesting it by killing the police and killing other people. Hurting other people. What's the first thing the autonomous zone did in Portland or Seattle, wherever it was, the chalk? They put up borders, walls, keeping people out. I thought they were against that. They had martial law. They had armed guards roaming the city blocks. I thought we were against that. No. Do as you please. They just wanted to do it. So the country founded on freedom of religion And we've kicked religion to the curb. We've kicked family to the curb. We've taken our political ideology, and that's become God. We've deified politicians. They have God complexes. And where do we end up? Where we are today in America. Here's another clip, the next clip from Paul Harvey. Again, 1965 is when this broadcast took place. Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. And that's where we've come to today. 59 years ago, or thereabouts, I guess. You can do the math depending on what year it is. June 25th, 1962, the U.S. Supreme Court declared school-sponsored prayers unconstitutional. You know, I'm actually okay with that. Nowadays, I would not want religion in schools because who knows what kind of whacked-out nut job religion would be preached. I mean, we already have critical race theory. We already have 1619 Project. We already have all these social justice awareness, transgender ideology being taught. And not for the purpose of education, not for the purpose of educating. No, it's for indoctrination, acceptance. You should believe. You need to believe. You have to believe that this is the truth. Is it? So we've gotten away from the separations of church and state, but not really as it was originally intended. It was intended that the separation of church and state would mean that the state could not have a state-sponsored church that everybody must be a part of look it up do the research check it out for yourself go beyond the headlines go beyond the news articles find it it's there places where you see a cross on a hill and people will protest it and 
petition and sue to get it down or sue to take the Ten Commandments off of courthouse buildings. It's offensive. Complete assault on religious freedoms. What about the uh, Catholic Church? Covered up sexual abuse for years. And you have other entities too, the Boy Scouts, very similar. People want to make pedophilia a sexual preference, like being gay or being a lesbian or whatever your sexual preference might be. How about embezzling, taking money for the love of money is the root of all evil. The only thing he got wrong there is I don't think Christmas is represented with a bottle, although the Easter is uh, Easter egg is a representation of Easter. But a lot of people would think the tree or maybe uh, Santa Claus or the Grinch might represent Christmas. But how about deify science? That was the other third. That's the third point that really hits home. The first point was our father, which art in Washington. The media fanning the flames. Deify science. What have we heard all year long during the pandemic? COVID. Believe science. Believe the science. Believe the science. Believe the science. Okay, I'm believing the science, but now you're contradicting the science. What do you mean? Well, I thought science said we had two genders, male and female. No, that's, that's not it. So we don't believe science there. Hmm. Well, I thought in science we learned that the uh, simplest form of life was the single cell. Well, an unborn child, a fetus, that's more than a single cell. No, we don't believe science. That's not life. That's not life. We can't do that. Well, when do we believe science and when don't we? So not only have we deified science, we've deified science only when it fits our agenda. If it doesn't fit our agenda, then science isn't God. If science fits our agenda, yeah, then science is God. We need to trust it. What about ambition? What about people that are out there trying to make it for themselves? What about those businesses that were started from scratch? People that have gone on and sweat, blood, tears to create something. What's happened to those? What'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I don't know about you, but how many times have you been maybe at a convenience store? Maybe you run in just to get something to drink, a drink of choice. And there's a little bit of a line. Convenience store for me is in, out, and you're done, right? If I wanted to spend any amount of time shopping for food in the store, i go to the grocery store. But so I jump into the convenient mart to grab something. Lo and behold, person at the front, I'll take this one, I'll take this one, I'll take two of these, this, 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 this. Buying lottery. Now, that's fine if you want to buy it. But in all honesty, they don't look like the people that should be spending money on lottery tickets. Not judging. They say you can't tell a book by its cover, but you can sure tell much how it's going to cost. Shouldn't be lying lottery tickets. There's a hope. Faith put in a chance of winning. What about the California State Lottery? If you were around back then when it first got started, the promise was money for schools. If we pass this and have the California lottery, money for schools, money, schools will never have monetary problems ever again. 
Do you work in a school? Are you a teacher? How's that working out? How's the funding working out? Lottery's been around for a long time. What about gambling on sporting events? How many of you bet on the Kentucky Derby horse racing? I love the races. I put a few bucks down. My horse didn't come in. But I put a few bucks down because it was fun. But people will drop their life savings at the chance. A wing and a prayer. Even though odds will be like one in a gazillion. Like basically no chance at all that you're going to win. I'm still going to do it because people have won. And then what happens to those people that win? Chances are they go broke. Look at Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson had all the money in the world. Went broke. Name any athlete. Went broke. Musicians. Got broke. $227 billion spent on gambling in 2019. I believe that was worldwide. California gets $7 billion from lottery. But again, where's the money for the schools? Where's the money for infrastructure? Where's the money for the homeless? Where's the money for people that are poor and hungry? No, we got to raise taxes because we need to use that lottery money for other things. Lies. Do the research. Find out for yourself what it's about. And that's the saddest thing. You look at people that actually had money. I think it's worse to have had and lost than never to have had at all. Could you imagine what that's like? I couldn't. Here's the next clip. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public, and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. And then he go on, goes on to say that if I were the devil, I'd just keep doing what I'm doing or what he's doing. But that's what it is. I mean, you take a look at, you know, the fantasy of what you see is always better than the reality. How many times have you seen that stereotypical girl from Kansas or wherever small town she's from comes to L.A., she wants to be a superstar, ends up working in strip clubs? How many people do you know wait tables because they're an actor? The fantasy is better than reality. You look at all the people that came out here and had their dreams shattered. They're doing adult movies. They're being sex trafficked, drug abuse. What about diseases such as AIDS, no cure? Hepatitis B, herpes, no cure. Do as you please. No thought of consequences. No thoughts of what could happen. No thoughts of responsibility because something else will take care of it. Something else will handle the problem. There will be a solution. Nineteen sixty-five broadcast from Paul Harvey talking about the downfall of America. How relevant is it? How relevant is it, is it to you? in your community, in your circles. Maybe it's been a part of you. Maybe you've avoided it. But now it's starting to get closer and closer to home. 
And where does it end? And what's the solution? Are there any solutions out there? Is it possible? Are we going to continue to put our faith and our trust in the government? Wasn't it Ronald Reagan that said the most dangerous words to hear is, I'm from the government and I'm here to help you? That's getting played more and more and more these days. The government is promising things, but they're really not. And all the lies and the deceptions that they're giving to us, the citizens, we vote for them, we put them in office, and yet then they treat us like we're the subordinate, the serfdom. We should worship them because they're deity. And so you vote for them, and then you take it. Thank you, sir, can I have another? Thank you, sir, can I have another? Thank you, sir, can I have another? When are you going to learn? When are you going to stop? Are you just going to continue to voluntarily take the information that they preach to you from the pulpit of D.C. and just not question it? What about theology? There's a lot of people that I could name drop in the religious world, the circles that are teaching philosophy, not religion. Now, if your religion is something different than, let's say, the biblical principles of Christianity, are you following them? Are you adhering to them? Are you actually listening to what they have to say? Another example, President Biden, pro-choice, yet he claims to be Catholic. I thought the uh, Catholic Church was against abortion, against even taking birth control because it might take the life of an unborn child. But yet everyone is saying, oh, he's the most religious president ever. Really? Do as you please. And then you've got the media fanning the flames. You've got the whispers of self telling you it's okay. It's okay to do that. How many politicians, corrupt politicians have we seen? They've gotten in trouble for one thing over the other. What about Jeffrey Epstein and all the people that have been in contact with him. Now, just because you're in touch with somebody or you're associated with somebody, you're not guilty by association automatically. But why is there always a cover-up? I mean, think about all the things. If you really wanted truth and transparency, you wouldn't try to stop something. You think about the, the vote recounts and the audits that are going on across the country, and people are trying to stop them. People are trying to stop them. That's highly suspicious. If you weren't trying to stop it, then we might think, okay, there's nothing going on, but you're trying to stop it. That leads us to believe that there's something you're trying to hide. And I'm sure they are trying to hide. Whatever happened to manners? I've told this story several times. I was back in Iowa, so it's been a number of years. I think it was the mid-90s. And I'm going into a store. And so I hold the door open for a lady. She stops, looks at me. And says, I can get my own door, thank you. So I slammed the door on her face. No, just kidding. Um, I'm just trying to be manners. A gentleman. Open the door. Has nothing to do with your lack of empowerment. Has nothing to do with you as a second-class citizen. Okay, you know what? Why don't you open the door for me then? How about I close the door and we'll switch places. You open the door for me, I'll walk in and I'll say thank you. Has nothing to do with 
anything except being polite, having manners. And so people who are on the receiving end of those manners get rude. So then later on in that bookstore, book drops. Some other lady was dropping, uh, dropped the book. I was engaged in whatever. She looks at me and says, a gentleman would have picked, that, uh, picked up that book for me. So I responded, well, a klutz wouldn't have dropped it. Not really, but that's going through my mind. It's like, what are we doing here? You're sending mixed signals. Oh, I'm supposed to be a gentleman and pick up the book, but yet if I open the door, I'm somehow, you know, taking away your womanhood. There's no decency, no manners. And the fact that maybe I was engaged in what I was doing and I really didn't notice that you had dropped a book until you mentioned it. Decency, politeness, kindness. I used to say on the show, when I'd wrap things up, be kind and don't be an a-hole. But then mom was like, hey, can you stop saying that? So I did. But kindness, what about kindness? Can we just be kind to people? But all that has been done away with. We've given in to our narcissistic behavior. Me first. You know, I go to baseball games, love baseball games. But I don't understand. I can't for the life of me understand why people will fight over a flipping foul ball. It's a baseball, people. I know player so-and-so hit the foul ball. Go to the store and get one. Or Black Friday sales. How many people have gone crazy? Remember the movie Jingle All the Way? I never saw it, but there was a fight over a toy, right? Was it the Tickle Me Elmo doll way back when? Everyone was fighting over? What are we doing? Morals have declined. There's now that sexual preference of pedophilia. It's no longer a crime. They wanted to make it a sexual preference for adult men to sleep with young boys. That's okay. No, it's not. Where's our morals? Why is it that we look on TV and we idolize people that are sexualizing content? Why do we idolize people that are doing things that we look at and are like, why are they doing this? I mean, that's why things like the Grammys and award shows are just going into the toilet with the ratings because people aren't providing good content. They're providing crap is what it comes down to. Movies, all kinds of swearing. Movies, all kinds of sexualized activity. And it's unnecessary. It's not needed. And we don't even pretend anymore. Before we used to pretend and like look the other way and be like, oh my gosh, I'm shocked, I'm mortified. I remember growing up, we went to the movies, which was a rarity. Because back then you had G, which was usually an animated or at then Disney. You had a PG, which was everything else. And then you had the R, which was restricted, right? So most any movie was a PG movie that really wasn't an animated movie, so to speak. And I know there are other movies out there that were G back in the you know, 80s and stuff that you know weren't animated, but you get the picture. G is very innocent. So Gary Coleman, Different Strokes, was a huge, huge actor back then, and he had a movie out called On the Right Track. I guess he was kind of like a homeless kid or something living at the train station. And we're going through the movie, and all of a sudden, one of the adult characters in the movie said one swear word, S-H-I-T. That was the only, our parents were 
up in arms about it. And rightfully so. It was unnecessary. Okay? So think about it. Maybe within a decade, if that, we've gone from parents getting upset over one word that now we don't even bat an eye when we hear it. We even bat an eye when we see things that we shouldn't be watching. Kids shouldn't be watching. Kids are exposed to things. We don't care because we've been desensitized to it. It's been normalized. And that's what it is. In the beginning part, the devil whispering to Eve, do as you please, the whispers, the whispers. That's just us, the self-whispers, telling ourselves. You know, we've got the devil on one shoulder, the angel on the other. I think we've kind of kicked that angel to the curb. Now we've got two devils going at it. What can we do worse in society? How can we make society worse? Put us first. Drugs are being legalized. You know, marijuana is the biggest one, getting more and more legalizations. That's kind of a hard thing because I know sometimes medical marijuana does have its benefits, but... Nowadays, people can just light up and smoke. I've had students light up and smoke before class when I was teaching and affected them, but they didn't see it. But we're legalizing drugs. I think, what, Portland, Oregon maybe, one of those states up north, you can actually, I think hardcore drugs are becoming more and more legal. I think they just had some uh, legislation passed in the last election, or at least the election of 2020. The Constitution is being obliterated by the deity of Congress. Citizens' rights are being crapped on, your religious freedoms. How about now all these forced mandated vaccines? I know you vaccine and COVID fearful people like, oh yeah, it's good, it's good, it's good. You don't even know what's in it. It's not even FDA approved as of this broadcast. What was approved was the emergency use of it, but the vaccine wasn't even approved. We don't know what's going on with this thing. And everyone's just buying into it because the deity of science, the deity of Congress telling us, Gun laws. People are like, oh, yeah, we don't need guns. We don't need guns, really? We have the right to bear arms. It's in the Constitution. You can't change that. Free speech is being censored. How has social media contributed to all this? If you think that as social media, it's okay to censor the former president, well, then you've got a serious problem. Oh, it's okay. It's okay to, to censor him because he says bad things. But yet when Trump supporters say, oh, we should censor someone on your side, no, 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 that's where we're at. Do as you please. There's no fairness. There's no virtue. There's no truth. There's just my way. How many of you argued with people during the pandemic over masks, over social distancing, over politics, and you break up, you uh, are no longer friends, you block on social media and all that because you don't want to see the other side. You don't want to know truth from the other side. Whatever happened to all the philosophers sitting around and contemplating, talking, arguing back and forth, but seeking a common truth, seeking to push and find out more information, seeking to see if they can have more understanding and wisdom. Here we just find, if you don't believe with me, boom, done. In some instances, that's okay. I'm totally fine with it. But that's just what we've gotten. Oh, you're this? Okay, bye. You're that? Okay, bye. The nature of this show changed because of that. I'm fine with that. That's okay. We adapt and we move on. We take our passion. We make it happen. We let ourselves be great. We overcome the obstacles and the hurdles in life so that we can go after our goals, our dreams, right? And so how do we get over all this? Well, I think it takes a reckoning. 
a reckoning within ourselves. Each one of us has to sit down and decide for ourselves what it is that we want to be like. I had several people tell me as the riots were going on and the protesting and the burning of buildings, I want to be on the right side of history. So I'm going to go out there and march. Really? Tearing down and burning somebody's building? All their dreams and their sweat equity? That's the right side of history? No. Believing Congress and the politicians, the people that are only out for themselves, that's all they care about. If you think politicians today, I shouldn't say all of them, but a vast majority of them only care about themselves. And if you don't realize that and you still think they're going to be the savior, then I'm sorry, you're part of the problem. The solution is that we each have to come together, have to come to terms with what's going on in this country, and realize we want to make a change, a good change, for the next generation to come. And how are we going to do that? First, we've got to come together in dialogue. We've got to come together and start to talk about the problems, talk about the issues, try to come to an understanding. But we're so far divided religiously, politically. We let religious ideology and political ideology divide us when it should be uniting us. We've got politicians dividing us, news media dividing us. We're in a world of divide. We're in a civil war. And it's only going to continue to get worse unless we come together and we start bringing back decency, manners, politeness, kindness, open ears, conversation, dialogue, understanding, and start realizing that at the grassroots, we've got to make the change. We've got to come together. We've got to be able to do things and demand that the people that we put in office start working for us and not us worshiping them. We're the ones that put them there. Every four years or two years, they'll come to you. Vote for me. Vote for me. I'll do all this stuff for you. I promise. I promise. I promise. They get in the office and they give you the middle finger. And year in and year out, that's all they do. And it continues. So the blame is on us. The blame is the person that you're looking at in the mirror. And until we change what happened in 1965, Paul Harvey's broadcast, however many years ago that was, you can do the math, math majors, get your abacus out. It's only going to get worse, only going to get worse, only going to get worse. This is Two Steps Ahead podcast. Two Steps Ahead podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, and let yourself be great. You can find us on Instagram. There are actually two Instagram accounts, the show Instagram, which is Two Steps Head Podcast, T-W-O, Two Steps Head Podcast. And then there's my personal account, which is Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. If you go to either one, the Two Steps Ahead is more show content. My personal one has a mixture of show content plus um, you know some personal content pictures and stuff, so you can kind of get an idea about who I am and what I'm about and things that are interesting to me and stuff like that. Um, but there's a link in the bio of either page is the word I'm looking for. If you click that link tree link, options will come up. There's the option to go to our YouTube channel and watch the videos. There's the option to go to our SoundCloud account and listen to the show, download the show and take that audio portion with you on the go. There's options for Pandora, Spotify that you can go to. Uh, There's the swag shop if you want to buy merchandise, like maybe the cool shirt I'm wearing if you're watching on video. Um, So there's all kinds of options there. Also, there's the um, radiowarp.com. 
RadioWarp.com is the, the um, web page. There's a link in there to go to Radio Warp. You click Radio Warp. You can listen to RadioWarp.com. We're on there Mondays and Wednesdays, 11 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific time. We, we broadcast the show. And as of now, this broadcast, we're on Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Pacific time live. But you can also listen to us on demand anywhere you uh, listen to podcasts as well. You can, hey, Suri, hey, Google, Alexa, put on TWO, Two Steps Head Podcast. We pop up. So you can find us anywhere. Just Google search, internet search, and we pop up. So we're pretty much everywhere. But uh, what I recommend is, you know, you subscribe to our YouTube account. You'll get a notification when a video posts. It usually, as of this moment, posts every Friday around noon Pacific time. And then the SoundCloud account, again, you can subscribe to that and get notified and have the audio with you, and you can download it and take it with you on the go. Uh, we also have phone apps for the RadioWarp.com. Just go to your app store and search Radio Warp app. Include the app in there, Radio Warp, W-A-R-P, Radio Warp app. And you can take us with you on the go. There's also some great music, other podcasts, um, and all kinds of cool things going on there 24-7. We'd like to thank you for listening. We appreciate your support. Again, reach out through uh, Instagram. You can also G- uh, email at Gmail, twostepsheadpodcast at gmail.com. That's T-W-O. Two Steps Head Podcast at gmail.com. So reach out. Let me know what you think. Uh, check out the Instagram. Again, you got the link tree links that will take you to all the necessary places that you need to go. And again, if anything else, just internet search TWO, Two, uh, two Steps Head Podcast, and you'll have ample information right there. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. Be kind. And remember, take your passion. Make it happen. Let yourself be great. This is Two Steps Ahead Podcast. We'll see you next time.